And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up All Blast Raps postgame show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and Happy New Year to you and yours. As this episode of Wrap It Up, as always, is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. What is good, Raptors fans? Again, Happy New Year to you and yours from this the Wrap It Up podcast, the whole entire On Blast crew. Um, and I say Happy New Year and Merry Christmas because we are back for the first time. We missed a couple games over the break, and I'm going to be honest with you, over Christmas, I was sick. <laughs> I did not move. I barely made Christmas dinner, and I had no voice. And especially when I'm trying to do this podcast by myself, if I don't have a voice or I'm struggling with my voice, as you can hear me right now, it makes it very difficult to do. So this is really the first time that I'm able to at least try to talk for 20 straight minutes <laughs> on my own. But either way, thank you guys for rocking with me. Appreciate all the good messages, people telling me get well soon and wishing Happy New Year and all that fun stuff. Really appreciate you guys. But it's back. It's 2020. Happy to be here. Happy to talk to you guys again about this, the Raptors Wrap It Up podcast. And you know what? I'm kind of mad too because there are a couple of really good, interesting games with a lot of great, interesting storylines that we missed. So apologies for that. Wish my voice would hold up, but hey, we're here, and even right now, apologize if I'm if I cough at any point or anything. The voice is still not a hundred percent, but we're working our way back. And especially after watching the Raptors tough it out like that, they tried to put up an effort, not being at a hundred percent. I'm gonna try to do the same for you guys because again, this is a wrap it up podcast, something we created for you, the listeners, and I appreciate you guys riding with us again in 2020. For first time listeners, this is your live and only interactive Raptors post game show here after every Raptors game live on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Same thing goes. We got another feed there on Instagram, and if you happen to pop up on Instagram and you're watching us live, just know you can get the full frame the full set, the proper audio, just click on the link in the bio on Instagram. And hey, we take your comments and questions live. We are really live and interactive because this shows about you, what you, the Raptors fans, are thinking. My role in this, I try to keep everything on the straight and narrow. I don't try to get too high, don't try to get too low, try to keep everything even keeled. I'll give you my take, what my opinion is on what's going on, and I'll listen to the people and we just have a conversation after each and every Raptors game. Again, the defending NBA champion, Toronto Raptors. And if you ever come into this podcast in the middle, or maybe you catch some of it live, want to catch the rest of it later, don't worry, because it's the year 2020, this then ends up on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. So please, like and subscribe, share the wealth, Tell your friends, because as we continue to take this thing to the next level, all those likes and subscribes and all that stuff means so much. So really appreciate you guys rocking with us. And this was a big game for the Raps. And I, I'll say this because I know I missed a couple games there in between, but the point remains, as soon as you lose three of your top rotation guys, 
You got to keep that perspective in mind. So I know that people are going to be mad that the Raps lost this game. They didn't really shoot well. But at the end of the day, the fact that you were even in this game for three quarters is huge. Like, you got to be realistic about it at some points, right? And we talked about it from the start of the season. What are you asking from Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet on a consistent basis? And think about what that then goes up to when you remove Pascal Siakam, you remove Marcus Gasol, and you remove Norman Powell. It's just a lot of pressure to put on those guys, a lot that you need from those guys, especially against a legit team like the Miami Heat. And if you listen to the Wrap It Up podcast from the start, when my voice sounds normal and not as raspy and disgusting as it does right now, but if you listen to us from the start of the year, we were here telling you, I was trying to tell you guys, Miami is a legit team. So to me, there shouldn't be any shame that you lost a game to the Miami Heat that looked like, resembled an old school 90s game right? As the Heat win this game 84 to 76. That doesn't even sound like a real NBA score in the year 2020, right? Like I'm going to play a little, this is kind of funny right now, but let's look at this. So seven minutes left in Chicago and the score in that game is Utah 84, Chicago 79. Seven minutes left in Golden State against Minnesota. That score is 88 to 76. Third quarter, in Dallas, that score is 70 to 69. Again, the score at the end of the game in the Toronto Raptors in the Miami Heat is Miami 84, Toronto 76. And this is why the reason why I say I thought Miami Heat would be a good team, and also why I don't you don't want to play the Miami Heat in the playoffs, because they grind out games like this for a living. That's kind of what they do. And when you think of Jimmy Butler and what he brings to the table, I know he had an off night tonight. Didn't really do much. Two of 10 in this game, eight points. But you could tell what my guy was doing because he does the same thing all the time, especially in this with this team, what he does. He's going to play the distributor early on. He's going to try to pass the ball around, get everyone else going. And then when it's close, end of the game, he's going to try to kill you. That opportunity didn't really come up in this game, but... That's kind of the mentality of this team. And it was really interesting, too, because earlier today, Brian Windhorst put out an article ahead of this game, and it was really comparing the two franchises in terms of the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat. But in terms of what they've been able to do organizational, from an organizational standpoint, in terms of getting undrafted guys. And the undrafted guys are one thing because they're still, you know, diamonds that they find late in the first round that, you know, the Tyler Heroes or Bam or guys like that who maybe aren't as, um, don't come with the fanfare or the big name coming in, but still are really solid players. But when you look at the Miami Heat and they start Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn, two undrafted players, then you look at the raps and the contributions they're getting from Fred Van Fleet, even uh, Terrence Davis, obviously, it's just so similar from that standpoint of being deep, but also if you look at the coaching, it's very interesting as well because they both demand, both Nick Nurse and Eric Spolstra demand effort on the defensive end. If you're not playing defense, you're not going to play. And you could just see those two teams, the way that they squared off tonight and the way that the game was played defensively. And there are people who will say that game's ugly and there are people who will say it doesn't matter because you're building towards how you win in the playoffs, and this is how you're going to have to win in the playoffs. Now, 
Raptors fan standpoint, obviously what everyone's going to talk about is when you look at these shooting numbers, which were horrible. Toronto Raptors in this game shot 31% from the floor, okay? They shot 14% from three-point land. That sounds like a typo, but your Toronto Raptors shot 6 of 42 from three, 14%. Now, that's not a good performance to have in front of DJ Khaled, Diddy, Meek Mill, Future, whoever else was there, and all the Raptor fans that were there. But again, these games are kind of the reminder of sometimes you ask for more from dudes and they're able to provide. And the problem with the Freddie, I don't even want to say, I hesitate to say this because people are going to take this chunk and try to make it as if I'm blowing it up into something way bigger. I just mean this game right here is an example of matchups and how matchups are very tough. And especially when you don't have your key players and now you need Freddie and Kyle to have good games for you to win. But the problem is that small backcourt is now going up against Miami's backcourt, which Kendrick Nunn is big. He's a bigger guard. Jimmy Butler, we know his resume already. But then even when you say Robinson, then you go to their bench and Tyler Hero's a big guard. And we've seen, as Raptors fans, you've seen for years and years Goran Dragic and what he does. And he comes off their bench. So they're a really deep team. With all those bodies that Miami is able to throw out there against Kyle and Fred, that's going to be a tough night for them. And Freddie finished 3 of 16 for 7 points, 1 of 11 from 3. Kyle Lowry was 4 of 16 in the game, 2 of 12 from 3. Again, Kyle Lowry was 2 of 12 from 3-point land. Fred Van Fleet was 1 of 11. That's just a tough night. If you add in Terrence Davis, Terrence Davis gave you an 0 for 5. I mean, Serge was 0 for 4. It was just an ugly night at the offensive end from the Toronto Raptors. But I'm going to play the role that I normally try to do here, which is not to bring the panic into Raptor land. What I mean by that is you got to chill out and understand that you're missing three of your key players and going against one of the better teams in the entire NBA. Right? Miami Heat have only lost one game at home. So for you to come in undermanned and beat that team with their full roster, you needed to play, you know, above above whatever you think Fred and Kyle are able to give you at this point, they needed to play even better than that. So I am going to choose to look at this game and say, hey, you were in it for three and a half quarters. You did a really good job defensively and you kept yourself in the game and you saw good flashes from, I thought Serge, Serge kind of out on, on an island on his own. He played all right for most of the game, but again, it turns into too many minutes for Serge Ibaka, right? Serge is giving you 19 and 10, two blocks, but he's 9 of 21 from the floor. Serge is shooting the most shots. Kyle and Fred, we know their shots got to get up there, but we kind of see this trend where if they don't get it going or on nights when you might not have all your legs, you might not have it all going, you end up settling for a lot of threes instead of driving to the basket, getting into the paint, and getting the ball movement that the Raptors offense really needs to be successful. Because you're missing three-point shooting from Pascal, from uh, Norman Powell, and from Marcus Gasol. But none of those, it's not like any of those guys are like crazy three-point shooters, right? So you just go back to the philosophy of what makes those guys 
decent three-point shooters. And to me, it's the Raptors' offense, and it's their commitment to ball movement. And this is where the Marcus All haters, I sit and I just ask you guys, what are y'all saying now? Because the ball movement and the three-point looks that Kyle and Fred get normally compared to when Marcus All is not there, and obviously compared to when Siakam's not there because there's a lot of attention on Siakam, but I'm just saying the ball movement, the spacing, who's creating the shots for who? Because in the way that this offense is set up, and it was another tough starting grab, right, for the starters, tough start to the game for the Raptors starters, but you look at McCaw, Van Fleet, Lowry, OG, and Serge. Kyle and Fred are the only people who are able to create shots. And if you're asking those two dudes to be your true playmakers for the entire game, that's a lot to ask from both of those guys. It's just not realistic. It's against the good teams. Against the good teams. Because that's the biggest thing, right? We got to remember, a lot of these things, a lot of statistics that get thrown out there, all of these things matter you forget about the rosters and who teams are playing against. So it's all fun and games against the Cavs, right? Cool. Blow them out of the water. Cool. No problem. But when you come into a game like this, you got to know that you need the best effort because anything less than the best effort, you're going to take an L. So I'm saying the positive is that the Raps, the Raps came to play. And Austin checks in here on, on Instagram. Don't worry, I'm getting to the comments soon. But Austin checks in and Austin says, they play McCaw as a playmaker too. Very true, they do. But Patrick McCaw, as much as we want him to be the point guard or a point guard, another option to kind of run the ball, run the offense and have Kyle and Fred play off the ball, he's still really a three and D guy, right? Like you're asking for that now because you need it but the realistic expectations aren't really that. Patrick McCaw is great in the role if you're getting him to play hard defense and hit open threes. That's that's his resume, and if he's giving you that, cool, you take it, and he's done that most of the, the majority of the time, so you take it. But again, against these really good teams, and I know people look at Miami and you're going to say, well, we know Jimmy Butler, and the other guys on that team, again, Myers Leonard is a factor. But the biggest thing and why I keep comparing the Raptors to the Heat, Raptors at full strength, is that the Heat with full strength are super deep. So look at the minutes distribution. Jimmy Butler only played 34 minutes in this game, right? Bam only played 35. Kendrick Nunn played 38 minutes. The minutes distribution, you're getting 28 minutes off your bench from Derek Jones Jr., 33 minutes from Tyler Harrow off your bench. And that's where you take a guy like Myers Leonard, you plug him in for 20 minutes, and you say, you run around, you play hard defense, you try to box out, you try to hit open threes, that's your job. Okay, Duncan Robinson, which was kind of funny because my guy was like the two threes he hit, and he's like talking mega trash to the Raptors, but his role, play hard defense, you're only going to play 20, 20-something 20 minutes, so play hard defense and hit your open shots. The roles are clearly defined, despite the fact that you're looking at a team, that you're looking at it, and on paper, the average fan might not know the glow-up. You should know the glow-up of Bam Adebayo, but they might not realize it. So <clears throat> you see Bam tonight, and you see he went 15 and 14. 15 points, 14 rebounds, 7 of 8 from the floor. But I'm impressed with the, grow 
the growing development of Bam Adebayo's game. And apologies again because I'm losing my voice. My voice is shot. But point remains, Bam just made some plays in this game where I was like, whoa, they've really done a good job in developing his game. He had a he had a play where he upfaked from the three-point line, dribbled, did a little show-and-go, pump fake, lay-in smooth, and I was like, damn. And add that to just his crazy raw athleticism and his game is developing. You see him bringing the ball up the floor for the Miami Heat a lot. And that team is just a scary, scary team. You don't, I don't want any smoke with Miami in the playoffs. I've been saying that from the start of the year. I'm saying that now in the middle of the year. And I'm going to say that come playoff time. So listen to me then. Listen to me now. Or talk about it in the playoff time when the matchup comes for whoever. And I'm not just I'm not even talking about just from the Raptors standpoint. I'm saying whatever team, I would not want to play the Miami Heat because they're a deep team. They got a little different a lot of different options they can throw at you. Remember, um, a guy who's a big part of their team, Justice Winslow, didn't even play in this game, right? So they got a lot of different things they can throw at you, a lot of different options, but the culture is the same where it's defense, 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 and just hit open shots. And the Raptors didn't hit open shots, and that's where the L comes in. Because you're not going to have your starting backcourt go 3-for-23 from three-point land and win a game. That's just not going to happen. And it's a tough spot because you're asking for so much from Freddie and Kyle that I'm not even ragging on them. I'm saying it's unfair to them almost, right? Whatever they're giving you, they're gutting it out night in, night out, and it's just a tough L that you got to take. The flip side of that, too, is up front... Chris Boucher is still showing flashes, right? Boucher played 13 minutes in this game, and there are moments, he had eight rebounds in those 13 minutes, and two blocks as well. And there's moments where you're thinking, man, he needs to play more, he might really be a guy. But then you see other moments where it's like, ooh, he's not really ready yet for prime time mo moments. And so then it all lands on Surge. And credit OG, OG was out there with 12 rebounds, leading the team in rebounds in this game. But on the whole, the Raps are just too small. And this is where it becomes a tough thing where you're small up front with Serge and OG playing the four or Boucher coming off the bench or even Serge and Rondé. Rondé coming off the bench. You're too small. And then you look at the Raptors' backcourt and you have Fred and Kyle, also too small. So you're just in a tough spot, but it's why I'm going to send the reminder of just relax. Everything's okay. Hopefully Pascal is coming back soon. Hopefully Gasol's coming back soon. And hopefully Norm's coming back soon. Obviously Pascal's the most important part of that because he's given you the, the scoring. But at the end of the day, right now, and I said this, this isn't in hindsight, but I said this, take the wins that you can get when those guys are out. Because the reality is, it's going to be a dogfight to win games with the current roster the Raptors are throwing out there. So I'm not normally about moral victories, but... I'll applaud the Raptors for their defensive effort in this game. And they didn't go out there and get blown out. Which easily could happen against a top team in the NBA. The Raptors are a legit, legit team. And the reason why I always make the parallels with the Miami Heat is because it's based on the culture. And the structure. And we, we play hard defense. Night in, night out. You're Miami. You're the Raptors. Effort is going to be emphasized. And if you don't do that, you're not going to play. 
let's get to some comments here before we wrap things up because there's a lot of comments coming in huge shouts to you guys uh jay shutterberg checks in and just says yo happy new year um also says new year's resolution for the raps says for og and boucher to get their heads out of the clouds on offense again it's tough you have certain players that are put in certain positions and with this team at full tilt you need someone to when you're dumping the ball to og or boucher and expecting them to make plays they're not there yet in their careers so it's almost unfair to ask that of them you need playmakers you need ball movement to get those guys easy dunks easy layups and if you're og open threes even boucher who it's tough now because most of the time when he's on the floor he's alone big but he can shoot the three we just don't really get to see as much of it yet just because his responsibilities right now he's got to be in the paint um <clears throat> someone else says uh at radical left canadian wow i'm surprised i read that that's amazing that's an amazing handle but the comment says just switch from insta to twitter for the first time wow this is better see i'm not lying right we got both feeds up and i take both comments on both sides instagram comments there as well but this is really important too when we have more people on the pod and the panel and you get to see everyone else hey we're here for you this is how it works right uh diaz says matt thomas still isn't back freddie looking shook probably still injured and i mean that's the thing we know that freddie wasn't probably ready to come back when he did but he did because of the three guys going down so as he continues to like grind it out you know there might be nights where he just doesn't have his legs under him and this might have been one of those nights a scary moment too in the middle of this game where kyle lowry you just saw him kind of bump bodies on a screen and then he ran off the court directly into the locker room and it was kind of like oh geez that's like the last thing anyone involved with this team wants to see but apparently he just rolled his ankle and he went back to the locker room got it taped up and was back out there because he's Kyle Lowry and at this point he knows that this team needs him in the worst way right now like they can't handle an injury or him missing games until at least Pascal comes back, at least Norm comes back, and Gasol, hey, let the big man rest and take all the rest he needs. <laughs> um, my guy Tata says, we need offensive rebounding too. We just need rebounding. Very true. I agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Um, Akim checks in on Instagram and says, really need a trade though. We need to get shy from, from OKC. Uh, I don't think that they're giving up SGA. I don't think that's a thing, but it would be great if that was a possibility. <laughs> I just don't see that as being a realistic thing at this stage. Uh, but thanks for writing in, though. More comments. Switch back to Twitter. And someone on Twitter says, it's like the Raptors roster made a bet. Who will miss more tonight? And yeah, this is one of those where, you know, you see those shots in the locker room where everyone's looking at the score sheet. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that there's no one on the Raptors that's looking at the score sheet. Anyone's the only like decent shooting numbers. You're looking at Rondé who went four of eight. Everyone else, you got Serge that went nine for 21. Um, OG, five for 12. Kyle, four for 16. Fred, three for 16. McCaw, one for eight. Boucher, one for one. 
Shouts to Chris Boucher. Um, Stanley Johnson. There's a Stanley Johnson sighting. He got six minutes in this game, but didn't really do much. And even Terrence Davis kind of struggled in this game. He went one for six in this game as well. So just a bad shooting night for the Raptors. And you know what? These things happen. They do. And when you're you're dealing with a team that is, you know, ravaged by injuries and to key, key players, these games, night, nights like this are going to happen. Uh, let's see. Uh, shouts to uh, Cap Say. <laughs> That's amazing. It's funny because I start reading Twitter handles at some point, and then midway through, if I think it's something messed up, I'll stop. <laughs> this is just funny, and I say that because obviously I read the one earlier that was what radical left Canadian. <laughs> um, this Twitter handle just says Captain Save a Bro says finally been waiting for this to come back. I think it's talking about the podcast blessings appreciate you um more comments my guy lt says the power of raptors injuries is that strong alexander illness day to day it's true man that was real like i was curled up on a ball in a ball on my couch for like that whole week of christmas i was a man down had no voice as i said almost missed christmas dinner i was so out of it and i had no voice which was you know, as you can tell, I can barely even talk now, but I was done. And it's funny, the more and more people I talk to, I feel like there are a lot of people that were under the weather during this Christmas break. I don't know what it was or what was going around, but I definitely got it. And yes, thank you, LT, for checking in on me. Alexander Illness Day today. Yes, I'm back, though. I'm back. Uh, let's see. Strong Delusion says, I'm convinced that the Miami Heat suck. Media-driven hype. Um, I adamantly disagree, and you got to remember, it's not about names because you got to. You, what I think is happening, right, is you look at the Miami Heat and you see a bunch of names that you don't know, right, and so you write them off. And I'm gonna ask you about why people get mad about how they rate the Raptors. It's because people that don't watch Raptors games look and they're not familiar with the names on the Raptors teams. So before last year's playoffs, right, well, before the finals, I'll say, who was really out here repping for Fred Van Fleet or Pascal Siakam, right? They were just names people didn't really know because you're not really paying attention. They knew Kawhi, they knew Kyle, that's about it. And now the same thing with the Miami Heat. You know Jimmy Butler, you might know Bam, you might be like, oh yeah, Kelly's on their bench. Oh yeah, Drogic is on their bench. But Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, they're just solid dudes that have a role and are being put in a position to succeed. Much like what Nick Nurse has done with when the Raptors are at full health with Fred, with Pascal, with Serge. That's where I'm making the plug. So the Heat are legit, just like I think the Raptors are legit. But uh, still saying here, someone says, no, nah, Miami doesn't scare me. Raptors would beat them in a series 4-1, maybe 4-2. I mean, I adamantly disagree with that, but hey, that's why they play the games. And guess what? We're allowed to disagree. That's okay. It's all right. I respect your opinion, but I disagree. I just think Miami is, because the other thing to remember is in the first matchup that Miami won, they put Bam and Abayo on Pascal. And I've never seen Pascal get shut down like that at all, period. It just wasn't a good sight. But also you got to remember, Spolster is a real coach. Much like Nurse is a good coach and not afraid to try things, Spolstra is a real, real coach as well. 
And I bring that up because you saw that in this game because for a while there, Raptors were shooting threes terribly and the Heat just played into that. They sat in a zone. And the one thing that a zone does is it kind of makes other teams susceptible to take threes. And if you look at what the Heat did, they sat in that zone and you just saw the Raptors continue to shoot threes and miss threes. And you rarely ever see a team sit in a zone in the NBA for that long, but Spolster did that. Why? Spolster is a real coach, right? Um, I'm reading this comment again from my guy, LT, because he's it's a great point. He says, the man's name is Hero. Of course he hits big shots. <laughs> you know what? The Raptors did a really good job in the first half of getting out to the line and recognizing the shooters. If I'm not mistaken, that's a phrase, right? Recognize the shooters keeping an eye on the shooters and getting out on Duncan Robinson, getting out on Tyler Harrow. And then Tyler Harrow in that third quarter, he just had a run or no, sorry, maybe it was the start of the fourth where Tyler Harrow just started making shots and it was a problem. Couldn't, they couldn't stop Tyler Harrow. They did such a good job to start out the, the, the game and then to start the fourth quarter, quick 10, four run, Tyler Harrow's just knocking down threes, and he's doing it in all kinds of ways too, right? Like, I was just sitting there waiting for the heat check because you, you could see it coming. But, yeah, once he gets going, and did you see the play a couple weeks ago? Was it to win the game? Who are they playing against? Where my guy came down the court, he like grabbed the rebound, came down the court on a fast break, they're down two, and my guy dribbled pulled up, stepped back behind the three-point line to wet a three-pointer to take the lead with seconds left. Like, the man's name is Tyler Hero, as LT just said, right? He has big cojones. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's get to some more comments here, though, before we wrap up, because I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Pastor Wesley said, we really could have used Stanley bum-rushing the paint tonight. Why does he save it for garbage time? Stanley Johnson, I don't know what's going on with Stanley Johnson, but whereas Rondé was able to figure things out and get himself into the rotation, we can't say the same yet for Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson has struggled from the get-go. Stanley Johnson has not done a good job in, in the minutes that he gets, and he just hasn't been able to fit in. And I think what happened is, and I go back to this because I really believe it, when Stanley Johnson and Rondé came, I think in their minds they thought, Oh, well, we're replacing Danny and Kawhi. The thing is, though, and the biggest thing that I always stress from last season, I always brought this up multiple points throughout the year, and I think this remains. I'll never forget Danny Green doing an interview on ESPN where he said the one thing people don't realize about him and Kawhi is that they go in to every game, night in, night out, and take pride in trying to shut down the other team's perimeter players. That is one of the things they pride themselves in doing. And Kawhi was also doing that while being a walking 30-piece in the playoffs. So you see what Nick Nurse is saying when he says, you're not getting into the lineup until you show the championship-level defense. And that's why it was so important last year because your best players started it at the defensive end as well. And that was really key. So to see that now transition into this year where... You have these two new guys that come in, and Rondé figured it out. Rondé was able to turn things around. Stanley Johnson, not so much. So he's getting Bruno minutes, man. That's it. 
another comment here. Uh, J87Lee on Instagram says, people need to stop talking about trading. There's no trade that will move the needle at the moment. Totally agree with you. And I just think the only reason people are talking about trades, and I only bring it up because I think the way that I keep bringing it up, I'm doing a horrible job of explaining what trades I'd be looking for if I'm the Raptors. Because I keep saying that with this Raptors team at full health, the max of where I think they're getting to, in my opinion, so don't crush me, Raptors fans, a successful season is the second round of the playoffs, right? So with that said, if you were to be able to give off one of your assets, being Kyle or Serge or Marcus Gasol, and get a first-round pick for that, I don't think that moves the needle and changes the high end of where this team is able to go in the playoffs. So if you're able to not move where your high end is, but you're able to get a first-round pick to a team where you've seen what they're able to do without first-round picks, <laughs> makes you wonder what they could do with first-round picks, right? Then you do it. That's the only reason why I keep bringing up the trade deadline. But I get it. You're dealing with a fan base that really is sitting here thinking, no, we can get back to the finals. And I understand that. So that's where I, I understand. But just know, those trade deadline talks are going to heat up, especially in this Eastern Conference where, you know, matchups are going to be very important. And the way that the standings are set right now in the East with two of seven, two to six being divided by what? One game? That's going to be a crazy dogfight, and I don't know. Do you? How do you feel going into a first-round matchup, 4-5 matchup against the Sixers or against the Heat? I'm not talking about are you afraid of those matchups. I'm just talking about would you be really, really stunned if they didn't win that series? That's all, that's all I'm asking, but we got tons of time to talk, to talk about that, and I know people are fired up anytime you hear trade talks because, hey, we're still in that championship glow. Still in that championship feeling. And I understand all that. But I just think that, hey, you got to look at the standings. And if you're in sixth or if you're in one of those tough matchups and you look at your around and you can say you can get yourself a first round pick, I might do it. Just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, let's get some more comments because people are talking about Miami here. Um, Pastor Wesley says, I'm more scared of Miami than Boston, to be honest. That's an interesting one. Uh, Boston is a really good team. The one advantage I think the Raptors might have where they might be able to take advantage of it is with Marcus Gasol and Serge healthy. If you get something out of that tandem and really work it in the paint, and Pascal would just have to outplay. Pascal would have to almost be the best player in that series for you to beat the Celtics. So, I mean, the Celtics and Heat are two tough teams. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's a tough go. And again, I'm not saying that the Raptors should be afraid of any of those teams. I'm just saying that you're not walking in as a favorite against those teams. That's all I'm saying. Uh, someone else says, Miami is like a mirror image of the Raptors. For sure, totally agree with that. Kim says, Miami is more scary than the Sixers. I definitely agree with that. Uh, another thing, because we were talking about coaching, um, J87 Lee writes in and says, I love how Coach spoke called the timeout every time the Raps made a three. Again, signs of a good coach. He wasn't even letting the Raptors get hot. Because this was a close game. 
and the Raps were missing threes. But as soon as he 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 got a sniff of a run, timeout. I love it. I love it. I thought it was great. Um, not a great night for the Toronto Raptors as they fall, but it's okay. Times are tough. Right now, you're just trying to hold the fort down until you get your big boys back. But Raptors fall 84-76 to to the Miami Heat. Next game is against the Sixers Saturday in Brooklyn. It'll be another interesting game. It'll be a tough game until these guys come back. And there's still no word yet on when these guys are coming back. So that kind of also adds another wrinkle to it that makes it kind of tough. But, I mean, at the end of the day, all I ask, and, and that's why I'm like, I'm playing the moral victory card. It's just, you're giving good effort and you're not giving getting blown out. You're still sticking to the same principles that made you the championship team, which is you grind it out on defense. And as long as they continue to do that, I, for one, am not going to be mad at this Toronto Raptors team while they continue to play without Pascal, without um, uh, Marcus All, and without Norman Powell. So... The Raptors, I mean, tough loss for them. <laughs> and I'm reading this stat from Josh Lewenberg, and he says, in NBA history, there's been 909 games in which a team has attempted at least 43 pointers. At 6 for 42, which is 14%, the Raptors are now responsible for the third worst three-point percentage in those games. So you had a historically bad shooting night without three of your best players, and you still lost by eight to a top team in the league. Don't be mad, Raptors fans. It's okay. It's all right. Um, I will thank you guys for tuning in with me and rocking out. Now, apologies for the coughs. Really do apologize. But thank you guys again for tuning in to this Wrap It Up podcast. And again, Happy New Year. Thank you guys for rocking with us. As you do live on Twitter after each and every Toronto Raptors game at Shell Alexander. We are also on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, if you want the podcast, like and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Spotify. All I'm saying is, thanks you guys, man. I really appreciate it. I know it's a new year and everyone's talking about where they were at at the beginning of the decade and where you're at at the start of the new decade. And I'll say, man, this has been a lot of fun. The game of basketball has definitely become something that means so much to me. And I wrote this on Twitter, and it's real It's real spit. Um, started the decade. I was at the score. We're covering the, uh, LeBron's move to Miami. And had the benefit of getting to go to Miami Heat training camp and cover that. Went to LeBron's first game in Boston with the Big Three against the, the Boston Big Three Celtics. Covered that. That's how we started the decade. And to close it out, and trust me, there's a lot of things in between. You know, getting fired, getting hired, getting a new job, all that fun stuff. So working on a bunch of different shows. But to start the decade like that and to end the decade covering the world champion Toronto Raptors. Wow. It's incredible. It's just been such a crazy ride. And I'll also add in the fact that it's also been really incredible. You know, rounded out the end of last year with this Wrap It Up podcast and the year that we had on the On Blast Network, the best year that we've had yet. We got three shows that are rocking. We got ideas and plans for more to grow it out in 2020. 
And as I'm sick here, fighting through, getting through the end of the podcast, I'm just saying this to say thank you because without you guys, we wouldn't be here doing this. And I've had such a fun ride. As mentioned, it's been the best year on this platform doing this a wrap it up podcast. And I mean, the last month or so, or I guess it would have been three months running around from, you know, I had the pleasure of producing Tim and Sid for the past three months before, uh, to close out the year and to watch and learn from those guys and then try to you know take that stuff and and i'm literally rushing home right after to then do this stuff it's so much fun but it's a reminder of why i do it it is because i love the game of basketball i love the city of toronto and i love interacting with you guys the fans about the game and the city that we all love because the toronto raptors again are the defending nba champions (laughs) that's how the nba rounded out the decade the Raptors as NBA champions. Absolutely incredible. And I'm just always going to repeat that, you know? Always going to repeat that. Always going to have some championship hats on the set just as a reminder because you'll never be able to take that away. Again, Raptors, NBA champions. And you know what? I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic, especially with a lot more coughs in this episode. And I apologize for that. But hopefully by Saturday, I'll get my voice back. And if not, I'll apologize then too. But thanks, you guys, for rocking with us. Because as always, as mentioned just now, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. And until next time, see ya. Blast.